Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fairy Conclave. This is episode 103. I'm your host, Alec. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm super excited to have a special guest on with me today. It's Mel the Maneater. How are you doing today, Mel? I'm fantastic. How are you, Alec? I'm doing so good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about one of your favorite decks. Also, a little bit extra excited to talk about it because it's a deck that I also have and I love so much. Um, and that doesn't always happen, so I'm excited to get into that. But yeah, but to introduce you a little bit, you have a really, really fun YouTube channel. And I wanted to make sure we shouted that out like right at the top because I think you make incredible content and it's like super relevant stuff like relevant videos to um, recent releases and your thoughts and feelings about new products Um, but also some I feel like there's some like lifestyle stuff in there Um, yeah (laughs) but yeah do you will you please introduce your content and your YouTube channel better than (laughs) than I can for sure (laughs) for sure Um, So yeah, my channel is called Mel the Maneater. Um, I make content on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch, but I mostly focus on YouTube. And in the past, I have done a lot of uh, product reviews and guides, um, especially with Magic getting as, um, you know, as many products as it has been getting. Uh, I remember what it was like being a new player to magic and it can be super confusing to even i didn't even know when i bought a deck that it was a commander deck and i didn't know what commander Mm. was so my first time playing magic was very embarrassing um because i had no idea what i was doing or what format i was even playing and so i always try my best to whenever i do more informational videos i'm always thinking about like new new players to magic because there's a lot of content out there that can be even be kind of tailored to new players, but we'll use a lot of words that we as people who've been playing Magic for a long time forget that um, new players don't, have no idea what we're talking about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think my, my channel is very uh, pivoted towards new players and to anyone who loves Magic. And I am also kind of pivoting more towards um, less so... I think uh, informational videos as much and more towards like um, kind of topical things like the state of the game and the state of tabletop gaming in general and um, just kind of my thoughts and feelings on different aspects of it and also still products because I love doing reviews and stuff like that. So if that interests you and if you also love commander like me please go check out my youtube channel mel the man eater um and yeah that's that's about it yes i love it and i'll have links to make it super easy to go check it out in the episode description but yeah i'm glad you mentioned the new player experience that's definitely an area that i think we just need more people to contribute to and I'm yeah, and I'm really glad you do because even like this podcast that I make, it's not like I get a lot of comments where people are like, I wanted to listen to your show, but I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> like, me, they're like, What's a mana? Like <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. And it's uh, and it's also hard being in a only a voice format. It's just hard to be like targeted at, at new players or at people who don't play magic but that's yeah and that's something i want to 
um, yeah, make sure is highlighted because I want people to get into magic and have more new players and have new players feel comfortable in where they are and yeah. And have like content that makes them, you know, not like doesn't overwhelm them. Yes, exactly. That's it. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. I think that's a really important part of kind of like the magic content area that is often not thought of very much. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think it's like, you know, I, I, you know, everyone has their own opinions on, you know, different like magic products and how many are coming out. But I know that Wizards of the Coast is really trying to get new players. And for mm-hmm. me, I love that because I think I would love it if more of my friends played this game. Um, yeah. that are, like just every day in my life. And I've gotten to learn how to play with my family and it's been amazing. And, you know, I think, but when I did start, you know, there were some, there was some content that was like, oh, like how to play magic for beginners or like how to play a match of standard or commander or whatever, but then still using words and not explaining them uh, that it's like, oh, well, you just explained how to do that, but with words that I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's true. And I get that kind of experience all the time, literally just a few days ago. Um, I have a friend who I've been trying to get into magic. Yeah, and that that's like the first thing he says. And I hear this a lot. It's like, why don't you try like try getting into magic? And they're like, uh, I've looked at it, but it's just there's too much and I don't know where to start. And mm-hmm. I don't know what any of it means. And <laughs> usually what I say to that is try Magic Arena and, the, and do the tutorials there. And that'll kind of like teach you the basics. But even then, it's not um, like I kind of, want to get my friends into this to play with them <laughs> you know not just of course. have them not get into them arena. arena right exactly and i agree arena is a fantastic place if you're just trying to learn the rulings but at yeah. the end of the day i think obviously there is um no pun intended like a magic in playing this game in person with your friends yes and it just doesn't have for me like i don't play arena at all um, even when I Twitch stream, I Twitch stream like Dark Tide, like like or like Warhammer games and mm. shooters. I don't. You'll probably never ever catch me playing Arena on stream. I yeah. just I've not been able to get myself to do it, and it has nothing to do. Arena's fantastic. Um, it's just not for me, and it's because I started out playing with the cards, and there's just something about Arena that doesn't click for me, and I think it's that. But for people who are new, who also like. Isn't like arena's free for the most part, especially when you're starting out. Yeah. So I think it's a fantastic way for new players to come in and just to see if they even like the mechanics of the game and to see if it's for them. Right. Before they like make that monetary investment into like a whole commander deck or a whole standard deck and the building it and everything. Yeah, it's true. And I think there's still even if they do the tutorials and are kind of like okay i could get into this where do i start and and what happens in getting actual cards that's kind of where you there's still a big <laughs> a big gap there um, oh, yeah. where they kind of have to they have to have a friend who will like help them every step of the way or um yeah they'll need to be able to find content online that helps with that so yeah yeah so yeah thank you for making stuff like that i think that's an area that I definitely want to get better at and I think is yeah is a space that that will help you know grow the community and make things a little bit better for everyone else who's trying to learn for sure 
that honestly segues perfectly into talking about one of your commander decks um, because it is a commander from a pre-constructed deck. But really quick, before we get into that, I will do a quick shout out for one of my patrons at the Conclave Mentor Patreon level. So thank you, HB, for being a patron of this podcast. I really appreciate it. And okay, let's get into it. So my first question for you, Mel, is who is the commander and the deck that we're going to be talking about today? And what inspired you to build it in the first place? So the commander we are going to be talking about today is Faldorn Dreadwolf Herald. And she is a commander, a pre-con commander from the Baldur's Gate set that came out in, I think, 2022. If I'm correct, I think it was 2022. I think so, yeah. And what inspired, so funny enough, that was, I mean, I hadn't even been playing Magic for a year at that point Mm. um, when this deck came out. And mine and my husband's both, like, favorite decks actually both, his favorite's Captain Nagathrod. And that also came out with Baldur's Gate. Um, But what inspired me to uh, build the Faldorn deck was really just that, <laughs> and, and this is my kind of initial thoughts, was I at the time, I understood magic mechanics and stuff like that, but not to the depth that I do now, or really how deck building worked or anything like that. I just knew that she was hot and <laughs> that she had wolves and <laughs> I yep. thought that was kick-ass. So <laughs> I was like, man, it's like a red hair. I, I had like red hair at the time. Um, and so I was like, man, that's me for real. And so yeah. I, I, I got her um, and my husband got Nagatharod. Um, and we got them with the intention though of, we were like, I don't think we'd really upgraded decks that much up until that point. Um, mostly because we were afraid to and we thought that it would be too confusing. But we bought these decks with the purpose of we're going to buy these and these are going to be the first decks that we buy with the intention of upgrading them. Nice. Um, And so, and it worked out great because, you know, of course, with any, at the time, when you don't understand magic as much, you're kind of flying blind a little bit when you choose a commander because you might be able to read what the commander does, um, and what, you know, what Faldorn does is she creates wolves and she el- exiles stuff, but, you know, you don't know how the entire deck is going to synergize yeah. um, when it when you're just looking at, you know, the face of a commander. Although I have known or realized that they've been better recently about explaining, like, on the box of the commander mm. decks saying what the purpose of the commander deck is and the synergy of it and i love that um because i don't think they used to do that right um yeah anyway that's side note and so yeah that was my inspiration i thought she was um you know a hot wolf mommy and (laughs) i was like that's (laughs) why i'm gonna get her (laughs) oh yeah i feel like a lot of my commander decisions are based on is this art cool and is the person hot and if mm-hmm. the answer is yes and yes then there's a higher chance that i'll be building it or purchasing I, it yeah i think every single one of the commanders that i run are probably there are just like attractive women <laughs> and yes. i i do it on accident but also kind of on purpose 
I love it. Well, Faldorn is so badass, though. Like, I I always have loved werewolves, and in Commander, werewolves and wolves have had like there's some cards that are that are okay, but nothing has really pulled them together. And this is the first mm-hmm. Commander that I just get like the most the like the best wolfy werewolfy kind of vibes from and i love that i think it's so cool creating an army of wolves is just and then the way the way that faldorn works is really unique like no other commander really does something like this in red and green and i like it a lot so yeah yeah and just being hot is (laughs) and she's hot (laughs) yeah You're like the, you know, all all things aside, you know, I'm a feminist. She's great. She's badass, but also <laughs> she's just hot. Like <laughs> Like you can't deny. I was going to say I also think it's cool. Granted I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3. Mm. Um, but I thought that I didn't even realize so that, like this set was supposed to come out at the same time as the game. But then the game got delayed a year. Right. And so there's like, oh man, what's that one vampire that everyone simps for in Baldur's Gate? Uh huh. Like yep. he was in, he's in the set. He's in, and like people are like, oh, that's you know, cool hot vampire card, whatever. Right. And then I remember the game came out, and then everyone started simping for him. And then I was looking <laughs> through my magic cards and was like, oh my god, I have him. Like right. from however long ago this game came out. Um, and so I think it's really cool having the like hindsight of going back through these Baldur's Gate cards and like also trying to connect them to the game. And Faldorn, I don't know if she's, again, I haven't played the game, so I don't know if she's straight up a character in the game. But from what I've seen of the game, I'm like, oh yeah, that's like a perfect like D&D like kick-ass werewolf mommy like yes. character that I think you'd find in that game. So, yeah, so good. And I, I love that you brought that up because I just keep going back to the Baldur's Gate set for exactly this reason. I've loved the game so much. And I remember when the set came out, I was like, oh, this is fun. It's like a D&D crossover and the characters mm-hmm. seem kind of cool. And I remember um, there's a card in that set, Asterion's Thirst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's actually really good. And I like put it in a couple decks um, I can't remember exactly. I think it's like four mana instant exile a creature and then put plus one plus one counters on either like your commander or a creature you control equal to that exile creature's power, I think. Yeah. It's something like that. But the art was like kind of sexy and uh-huh. I just liked it. So I put it in a few decks and then, yeah. And then when the game came out, I was like, <gasps> okay. Like, oh yep. my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The Asterions, there's got a whole new meaning after that game came meaning. out. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then kind of learning the characters' personalities from playing the game and then going back and looking at their cards. And I'm like, this set was really cool and like really well designed around the game. So it's kind of a shame that they didn't line up very well. I know. And, and it, yeah. I feel like there would have been... It makes me sad because I feel Baldur's Gate 3 got so popular and won Game of the Year. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, it makes me sad because I'm like, oh man, if this set would have come out at the same time that game came out, I feel like it would have pulled more people into Magic. 
because there would have been the marketing for the set and then obviously the marketing for the game at the same time. And that would have been a really cool thing of people being like, oh my God, I love Baldur's Gate 3. And then seeing that, you know, Asterion is in this new Magic the Gathering set and being like, you know what? I don't even play this game, but I want a card with the hot vampire on it, you know? And then it's just, it's the gateway drug, you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like it, so it came out, I don't remember, sometime in 2022. And then the game was like later 2023. So it, it was, was, it was like summer. It was, I think both of them, I think it was almost exactly a year. It okay. was like July. I want to say it was, they were both came out July, but one was in 2022 and the game was in 2023. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's just long enough that the set kind of had rotated out of like big mm-hmm. stores and even game stores probably had kind of gone through their stock of it already. Yeah. And yeah. And I remember a very like lukewarm reaction to Baldur's Gate, the set when it first came out. And then, yeah, anyway, I it's, it is a shame. I feel like it could have popped off so hard, but I, I have enjoyed kind of like now that I've played the game one and a half times through I'm like oh, geez. <laughs> going back and reading through the just like scrolling through the cards and seeing a lot of stuff that is in the game and just uh, yeah they did a great job I loved it they did yeah okay so I don't know if we actually did you read what Faldorn what her abilities are I'm not sure if we actually made it I, there yet <laughs> I did not I have not read her abilities but I will so Faldorn Dreadwolf Herald is a legendary creature human druid um she costs uh a red and a green and one just empty or whatever colorless mana and then she says whenever you cast a spell from exile or a land enters the battlefield under your control from exile create a 2-2 green wolf creature token and then another one of her abilities you can pay one and tap faldorn and discard a card um and you get to exile the top card of your library and you may play that card this turn it's so cool. It does a lot too. Like there's a lot going on here. I yeah, she's a very active commander. She's passive and she's active. You know, like I like that there's an ability you can activate and there are abilities that as long as she's on the command on the battlefield that are just like passive a- abilities that trigger as things are coming from exile. Yeah, and one thing I really like about her is that it's is not restrictive like a lot of exile-based cards are. Like you can play lands and still get the wolf and yeah and it's specifically worded like you can play this card this turn uh, which means it's like super forgiving so if you draw a land a lot of exile based decks you're like drawing lands or exiling lands and you can't play them so this kind of gets around that so you still get those wolves no matter what for Um, sure but yeah and then she kind of powers herself you just have to discard a card and pay a mana and then she can exile stuff make a wolf um, yeah. which is really good for three mana. I love playing her so like early in the game and immediately just getting a bunch of wolves. Uh, really yeah, good. I I love three, three. I think most of my commanders, funny enough, are like three mana cost commanders. I think that's mm. my sweet spot. Yeah, it just feels good because you never are too worried about like having enough mana to play your commander and kind of get yeah, things going. Yeah, the godforbidden commander tax. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, that too. And then you can recast pretty easily yeah people would have to target her pretty hard for her to become like you know too expensive to play right 
Yeah, and one thing I've found from playing Faldorn is people don't... I feel like people don't target her as much as they should. And I don't know they if it's don't. because she's cheap, so they're like, oh, they'll just recast Faldorn like, pretty easily. Um, yeah. Or if she's not... She's not like not too scary on her own because she's just making the wolves. But even though and she she's... only makes them like one at a time, you know, right. like it's it's only when you bring something back from exile. And so I don't think people don't see her as much of a because th- and she's also only a three three. She's not going to like kill you with commander damage by any means. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I do agree. I think I've noticed that, too. I'm like, why don't people people don't really target her. And then, like, by, you know, whatever turn and towards the end of the game, she's created this whole problem, but it wouldn't have happened without her there. (laughs) Right, yeah. And I think people underestimate the kind of, like, card advantage you get from all the exiling Mm -hmm. that she can do and that your other cards are doing. So they they might not, um, yeah, necessarily be as scared of her as they probably should. Yeah. Yeah, that's just something I've I've observed is she just kind of lives and you get like a little bit of value and then over time it ends up being overwhelming, but it's kind of like too late at that point. <laughs> so I, Yeah, I think she's very like when I'm playing, at least the way that I have this deck built, like she's very, she honestly towards the beginning of the game, it kind of looks like you're not going to be doing much. Like, but then right. there's always like one turn that you just have everything kind of like like just a couple cards to set up everything and then your board state explodes yes, like yeah. it, oh i just and i mean you know we could get into that a little later but i played a uh commander stream recently with that tcg guy and that's exactly what happened mm. <laughs> it's it, the, the, the board my board state just exploded and the turn took forever because we were trying to keep track of all the triggers and it was impossible I love that. That is one thing about this deck is it has it'll probably have at least a million different triggers from different things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's that's something I definitely have to when I pull this deck out I'm like, okay, I need to make sure I'm catching every trigger, even just like making the wolves. I'll forget to do that a lot of the time. Same. Same. <laughs> um or like I've yeah. got a I have a Mana Gorger Hydra in this deck. Um, oh, yeah. And so, you know, whenever someone casts a spell, he get, Mana Gorger Hydra gets a plus one, plus one for every single time. And, you know, I've been lucky and I've gotten him in my opening hand the last mm. uh, couple times I've played. And, you know, by like turn, what, like towards the end of the game, I had like 28 counters on him. But it was only because I mentally prepared myself to like, I have to actually pay attention <laughs> or at the end of people's turns, I'm going to be like, oh, wait, how many spells did you cast? Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm so bad at keeping track. And like there was one game I, I played him and I, oh, man, it was so bad. People were reminding me. They're like, oh, by the way, <laughs> you haven't put any counters on him in like two turns. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I've definitely been there. And I feel like this deck also has all of the other cards outside of Faldorn that exile things that then you can cast. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they exile things just that turn. Other times it's like until the end of your next turn. Uh, other yeah, times that is hard. it's like whenever. So you kind of mm-hmm. have to, I always have like all these different exile zones. Where different it's like, piles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like this one runs out next turn. These ones I can play 
Anytime. And then this one's foretold and this one's yeah. like, yep. you know, these ones can be face up and these ones have to be face down. <laughs> it's, yeah. It can get definitely overwhelming. And that's why it took me a long time before I gained the confidence to buy a deck like this because honestly, exiling was such an overwhelming mechanic to me when I started playing. Um, yeah. Like I had my first deck that again, this was the deck I had no idea. I got it for Christmas and I didn't even know what Commander was. It was Raynar and he's the one, like he came out with Kaldheim. Um, and oh. it was one of the pre-cons. Yeah. And his, he does a lot of exiling stuff too. And I just could not wrap my head around it for the longest time. And so I do think that although like, I am so for magic being beginner friendly. This deck, not beginner friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think just as a concept, like stuff dies and goes to the graveyard just makes sense. That's like something that's in yes. most card games. And anyone who's played like tabletop games or video games, that just is like it is intuitive. But then Exile yeah. being a totally separate zone, but kind of similar to the graveyard, like in the way things go there when they're exiled uh -huh. i don't know it, but it then is they less come intuitive. back in a weird way and there's like yeah like you were talking about you can end up having all these different piles because there's different ways to exile stuff right um, yeah it can be very confusing whereas like you know one like my first deck that i really played and i love and i still play to this day is sephiroth of the hidden ways oh cool um, yeah and so even graveyard recursion makes sense like, like oh it's a necromancer yeah it just comes back from the grave you know but there's only one place it can go and then come back to the battlefield you know yeah it's kind of interesting and i i would agree i think this deck is pretty uh just from the pre-con like pretty beginner unfriendly <laughs> yes <laughs> um like you can definitely do it it's just it does have a ton of triggers to track and lots of different effects and just a lot of different mechanics like cascade yeah. is in this and that's a really big theme in especially the deck that i run um or the way that i've built it out and there's just so many different things to keep track of like i would you know i i actually you know <laughs> shameless plug i made a youtube video on what i think the most beginner friendly commander deck is but mm. that also has like the best like one of the some of the best upgradability potential and that is fun and i picked um uh oh man what's her name oh it's oh it's lathril oh i don't know why i could i play her all the time and i cannot think of her name um who's also from call time and right uh just because elves are awesome and obviously the elf ball deck is infamous <laughs> and yep. uh but it's also really simple mechanics um yeah it's just create a lot of elves buff your elves and have fun it's it's a it's a good it's my like you know i'm gonna be going to magic on chicago and that will be my turn off my brain deck yes okay i was gonna say i always call that my like end of the night deck when i don't want to uh -huh. use my brain yeah whereas faldorn is definitely a start of the night type of deck yep yep especially like Oh man, like I lo I love going to Magic Cons and Command Fest and all these different events. But man, playing Commander literally all day it takes it out of you. <laughs> it yeah. really takes it out of you. And so by the end of the night, I'm the smoothest brain person <laughs> ever. And I, you know, we wake up at like eight to get to the, you know, 
um, the venue, and then there's the whole day, and you're playing with people, and then afterwards, there's usually, like, a lobby con somewhere where, you know, people will meet up, and then you're playing until, like, two in the morning. Oh, yeah. Way, always way too late. Yeah, once you're on your, like, 18th game of the day, (laughs) you definitely... Maybe you don't necessarily want to be tracking like five different exile zones while you're no. <laughs> you're making. And wolves. I don't think, and no one else wants to track it for you, right? <laughs> Everyone's yeah. just like glazed over. <laughs> it's true, yeah, it's true. But I think that um, having having decks that kind of fit both both styles is important because it is fun to kind of like start the day off. You're like you've got coffee in hand. You're oh like yeah, ready to go. It's like okay, let's do this. Let's make an army of wolves with all I'm these weird mechanics. I'm ready to make mechanics. some big brain moves. Yep, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's fun to start. It's really fun to start there. So I do like it for that. As far as this deck goes, do you have anything else you want to talk about when it comes to like the history of the deck and some of the changes you've made since you first got it? So when I initially got the deck, I wanted more stuff to interact with the cascade mechanic. Just because I thought it was fun. I mean, who doesn't like playing stuff for free? Yeah. So I wanted, and I also wanted more stuff, um, more cards to help with the, you know, it's cool to like you discard a card and exile the top of your library and play it that turn using Faldorn. But, you know, it's up to the gods, whatever card is on top of your library, you know? Yep. <laughs> it could be a land, it could be a soul ring, it could be whatever. Um, you know, something not as punchy as you want it to be. And so I wanted to add more cards that kind of help me know, like whether that's through scrying or being able to discard to the top of my library. That That's a big one that I'll get into later. It, it just helps with, you know, there's a little bit less uh, unpredictability with the deck because that was one of the things that was hard um, when I initially started playing it. And so, but I think uh, other than that, yeah, she's been she's been with me since almost the beginning and I come back to her every single time. She's my, she's also my pink deck. Uh, it's, she's my, my feminism deck. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, aside from her obviously being a hot, powerful woman, uh, I decided to get a hot pink, like ultra pro case and a hot pink card sleeves. Yes. So that's like my, it's my, my Barbie girl, um, deck. So if you ever see me playing a deck with like all pink, it, you know, it's Faldorn. Amazing. I love that. <laughs> and so I guess, yeah, I think that's really all I have to say about the history of, uh, me and this deck. Nice. Yeah, I feel like I had the same thoughts when I first got this deck because which is cool because this you really can take it a whole lot of different directions just based on what I've seen on like EDH rec and and people who have written articles about Faldorn. There's a really cool like you can have like a madness kind of discard thing going on with her discard ability and mm-hmm. a lot of people take advantage of that. And I think that's a really cool way to go. But I also went in the direction of I just want to cascade more. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Purely because I think it's fun. Like cascading. It's true. I I like what you said about how it just lets the gods decide what happens. And that honestly helps because, yeah, having all this exile stuff is a lot to track. So if you're just like, I'll play something with cascade and just see what happens. That's a little less 
on me to try to figure it out, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Commander unless there's a dash of chaos, you know? Yeah. And I truly, and I think Cascade is such a chaotic mechanic. Agreed, yep, I love it so much. We kind of mentioned it um, before we started recording, but I love using the Discover cards, which, speaking of, you know, mechanics, like adding confusing mechanics, it's pretty much just Cascade, but like a little bit different. And, yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's <laughs> funny because that's from that whole discover mechanic was that was really heavy in the Merfolk deck, right? Um, that came with that was in uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan, right? Yeah, um, exactly. That, that deck did because that's a that's a blue green I think deck. I we got that precon and that um, first of all the precon mm. is strong. It is a good precon. And I think that's why I, one of the reasons I liked that deck so much, and I just thought it was so fun. I was like, oh, why do I like this so much? Oh, because it kind of plays like Faldorn. Yes. Okay. I've, I've had moments like that where I'm like, ooh, this new deck is really fun. And then I'm like, oh, it's because it's doing the same thing as an, a, a deck I already have and love. <laughs> just maybe like slightly different colors or something. More the merrier. Exactly. Uh, and you can never have too many. So, <laughs> oh, I think I have. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say it's too many. Other people have told me it's too many. I think I have 38 commander decks. Ooh, okay. That's impressive. Uh, but a lot of them are pre cons. Okay. Um, nice, I've bought yeah. a lot of pre cons. Um, I've only had so many that I've actually upgraded, but for a while there, I mean, we went a little magic crazy, and when I we were getting into it, we just bought like essentially every single precon that came out with a set. Oh, nice! Yeah, um, just because me and my husband really liked, you know, trying them out and playing with our friends, and we thought it was exciting. Eventually, we stopped doing that after we were like, we have a whole tub, like we have a tub <laughs> of these of not even just the card, like commander decks, just commander decks. Um, that's not even our clue, including, you know, our gigantic thing of just like, you know, bulk cards. And so yeah, it's a little bit of a problem. Uh, <laughs> well, the precons are just a great way to start a collection and kind of like get it going because they, especially the ones the last few years have so many cards that are good in a lot of decks. So if you ever mm-hmm. want to take some of them apart and put them together into something else, you kind of have a lot of the pieces you would need for that yeah and i mean we've definitely bought some commander decks that are getting blown to bits and (laughs) having their good cards (laughs) put somewhere else because yeah like like just a couple times we've bought older older decks um from before we got into it and and we just to try them out because again this was like when we didn't really know exactly what we were doing or how like deck synergy worked and we tried we're like wow this deck sucks (laughs) (laughs) we are never playing this deck ever again it's going to get uh scrapped for parts yeah and that's kind of how you figure out what you like to play anyway if you play a pre-con and you just don't like it then you're like okay well i can use this these cards for something else and then if i see a similar type of pre-con in the future i can just i know to avoid it because i don't like doing whatever that one is doing that was similar so yeah yeah i've gotten a little bit better in the last couple years about taking decks apart i think i have 20 right now but yeah, it's, I've been a little more responsible about like, if I haven't played them in a long time, I'll just take it apart. But I definitely, I have been where you are now at some point. So yeah, no judgment here. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> okay, so what is it? 
And you, you've definitely hinted about this a little bit, but what is it about this deck that you just like playing? <laughs> like what makes you like it so much? Um, I just love that I feel like there are a lot of decks that I feel like you never truly feel like you're doing much. Mm. Um, and with this deck, you do a lot. <laughs> and sometimes we're better for worse. I think I just love this deck because it feels like, you know, even if you're not doing anything like super crazy, you're creating wolves. Like there are some enchantments in here that let you create like beasts and add counters on stuff. And you're like, and you're like, you're, you're moving cards, you know, you're moving them to exile from exile. You're foretelling stuff. You're castating. You're flipping. Like, who doesn't like flipping through their deck? You know. Yeah. Um, seeing all the cards they have, and I just think there's so much to do with this deck. I like that it's not. Um, I feel like there. I mean, I've won in a lot of different ways with this deck. You know, ways that I didn't think I could even win. And I'll talk actually uh, later when we go over. Um, one of my favorite moments with this deck is actually when I won in a way that I didn't even think was possible with this deck. And I feel like Ooh. there is, a, I'm still always, I feel like rediscovering ways to play this deck and like different win cons. And I think that to me is the most exciting part is that it's so, it's like you think it, oh, it's, you know, you make wolves, you, ca you cascade, you exile, same stuff every single time. But it truly for me is so different every single time I play it. I think that is such an important part of having a deck that will stick around is exactly that. And I, it's true. Like Faldorn has so many different ways to win the game. And I think that's really nice because decks where you take a lot of silly little game actions and you're like doing all these things, especially if it's like exile based or something like that, where you're just kind of like moving cards from one zone to another one at a time. It doesn't always actually lead you towards winning, <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense. But for sure. Yeah, and, and that's something that I have built a lot of decks like that, where they just do a million things, and then I look at my board and I actually haven't really gotten any closer to winning. But Faldorn had just has that built in. Like, you do all this exile stuff, you're cascading, you're moving things around, blah, blah, blah. All the while, each time you do one of those actions, you make a 2-2 wolf. And they really add up over time. I've had a couple games where I'll have like 50 wolves just from yep. <laughs> <laughs> just from doing little silly little exile things. And that's what's really nice about it is like eventually you'll have a board big enough to just deal a ton of damage. But yeah, and then also there are all these other ways you can win besides that. I One of my favorite cards in in my Faldorn deck, which I just think is is kind of silly, is Runebound Wolf. It's oh, a which little one's that? it's just a little two two wolf for two, but you can pay four and tap it and deal damage equal to the number of wolves and werewolves you control to target opponent. Oh god. <laughs> and like that's not the that's not like the spiciest thing ever, but I've just gotten somebody. I'll have like twenty wolves on board. I'm like, I'll pay four, tap this, deal twenty damage to you. And Whoopsies. yeah, right, exactly. It's just like a silly little tutu win condition. It's just but a silly, yeah, a silly little tutu win con. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's something I have noticed about Faldorn is there's so many different kind of paths to victory, 
and I think that makes it a really fun deck to play. And I and I like that aside from uh, obviously there's like I'm we already mentioned like how like the, the diverse the win cons can be and how diverse the deck is, but I feel like there are also a lot of decks that don't have a fantastic mix. Um, of like when it comes to it, I think this, at least the way I've built this deck out, is it has a great ratio of like larger creatures to smaller creatures and mm. like also like, and also like creatures to sorceries and enchantments. Whereas I, cause I can, you know, I, again, and this is why I didn't pick as much as I love my Lathril um, Blade of the Elves deck, she's not my favorite to play. Like I said, she, she's my she's my turn off the brain commander. Yeah. Um, and it's because it's just a lot of elves. It's a lot of elves, maybe a couple enchantments. Um, and I think that there are a lot of decks that you know they're very focused on playing like low cost creatures or high cost creatures. And I love this deck because I feel like it's so it's a mixed bag. It's such a it's such a mixed bag. I feel like with the different stuff you're playing, and I feel like. To, for me, it feels like my most complete and my most balanced decks when it comes to, you know, artifacts, enchantments, creatures, sorceries, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's really important. And I think it's it's cool that you've gotten to a place where you just feel like it's perfectly balanced. Especially tricky with Valdorn because all of your kind of like, usually it's like sorceries or enchantments that exile things and let you cast cards from exile you kind of have to think of those like they'll come with wolves so they kind of count as creatures Mm -hmm. Um, but you also don't want too many of those because you just need to have other creatures besides two two wolves yes for sure yeah it's kind of a that's the tricky thing that's yeah that's something that's hard to balance so i i love that you found that i don't even really think i found that in mine yet (laughs) this kind of deck even if it's it's just fun to play, like you said. Like I just, I always have a blast playing this deck, and you never really know what to expect when you sit down to play it. And at the end of the day, it's like that's why we play Magic in the first place, and so right. I think that's why it's my fave. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this deck. <laughs> so okay, so my next question for you about it is, what are some of this deck's weaknesses? Do you think um, while you're playing it? Um, so I do think this deck's biggest weakness is she don't have a lot of removal. Um, mm. she, if anyone plays something and is like, hey guys, what are we going to do about it? And then anyone looks at me, I'm just going to say, don't look at me. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't do anything about it. Because, um, yeah, they're really, it's, you know, there's no blue in this deck. And I am thankful for it because I don't like playing blue, really. Yeah, there's just no, there's really not that much removal. Um, you know, it has removal by like doing damage to stuff. You know, all like with the red in there, um, yeah. which is great. But when it comes to like, you know, if someone has a super powerful enchantment on the battlefield, I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> like, I probably have maybe a singular card that has enchantment removal on it. Um, but, and so I do think going forward, that is something that when I tweak this deck a little bit, you know, throwing maybe one or two cards in there that instead of exiling my own stuff, exile someone else's stuff (laughs) that I don't want on the battlefield anymore. Um, because yeah, I, I would say that that's definitely this deck's weakness is 
you know, she can pop off, but if you have something that kind of like, like the other day I was playing with somebody and I like that, it was with um, that TCG guy and the people we were playing with on stream. And I did all this stuff. My, I mean, again, had like a 20 minute turn of us just trying to figure out all the triggers that were happening. That's how like crazy everything was. And I, and like everything I just had had haste, I could have won the game. But someone had, I think it's called like a fog, and which mm. would have gotten rid of all the combat damage that I would have been able to do to that person. So it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, because I had nothing to like counter that spell or get rid of it. So, you know, it's cool to do a lot of damage, but it's not cool if someone just has the I don't care card. <laughs> like <laughs> I totally agree about that weakness in this deck because, and it's kind of goes along with what you were talking about in the balance of the cards in here, because some, one thing I've noticed is as good as Faldorn's second ability is where you can pay one tap, discard a card, exile a card to play at that turn. I actually mm-hmm. find myself not using that too much because me, yeah, I mean either. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, it's a little slow and there are just a lot of other cards that let you do that without discarding a card since I haven't really built my deck around the discard a card mattering too much. Um, yeah. When we get into the center, like talking about like synergistic cards in the deck or like MVP mm. cards, um, I did kind of build my deck around discarding cards. But even though I have built it out a little bit, it still, I feel like, isn't enough right Um, yeah sometimes with that like discard a card ability yeah yeah i feel the same way and so i i find myself just wanting to put as many cards in the deck that exile things like either exile more cards or let me have like a couple turns to play them but along with that you there's not quite enough room to also have like a very (laughs) thorough amount of removal like you said of (laughs) course So well, and it's like, yeah. you know, the perfect deck like that, it just doesn't exist. Like, like there right. maybe there are some, and but obviously this is also, it's hard to upgrade a deck too much before you're like, oh, this is getting like kind of C competitive EDH. Like, and that's not what I, that's not what I want, you know? Um, every, I feel like, you know, every deck's got to have its like one weakness or else it's just a little bit too yeah. try hard. Totally. Yeah. I think it's important to have the weaknesses. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned this because I'm I'm looking at my decks uh, like interaction sections and these cards are just not great. <laughs> There's like <laughs> I'm playing natural reclamation, which is four and a green for an instant with cascade, which uh-huh. is the fun part. And it's destroyed target artifact or enchantment, which that's so, so bad for five mana as a removal spell. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I'm just playing it for the cascade mostly. So of course, yep. yeah, half the time I get that card, I'm like, I mean, is there anything on the battlefield that I even <laughs> yeah. want to remove? <laughs> right. And then if there is an artifact or enchantment that is like causing problems and you draw that, you're like, oh, five mana. But yeah, <laughs> it's, but so that's, it's kind of and funny. that's that's an important thing about this deck is uh, I feel like. No, not that I expect someone to tell me this when I got this deck, but it's mana ramp in this deck is so important mm, um, because yeah. uh, there do be some real 
real expensive cards in this deck. <laughs> um, yep. And, you know, obviously they're expensive. They're really expensive cards with Cascade. So you can Cascade for a hopefully a very expensive card. Um, and you get to play it for free. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's something that thankfully this deck usually i'm not too i'm not too thirsty for mana but five for removal is still not good (laughs) right yeah yeah it's true and that's a good thing to point out is the cascade cards as fun as they are they are always super over costed and Mm -hmm. yeah and and the reason for that is like you want the best case scenario is you like you play five mana for this over costed thing and then you get like another like you get a four mana spell for free so you kind of get that you get that mana back yeah but, you got like the maximum value that you right. could have gotten definitely but i've had plenty of times where i'll cast the five mana spell and just get like a one or two mana little thing that i didn't really want and, yeah you're like great you know. an arcane signet i'm so happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and that's kind of the fun part of cascade but it definitely is uh, is funny when you're just like, all right, five mana for this thing that normally costs one mana, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, let's get into some kind of like specific cards in the deck. Uh, are there any that you want to shout out that you really like that kind of fill specific purposes for the strategy of this deck? For sure. Um, so earlier I mentioned the disc, we were talking about the discard. Um, ability that Faldorn has where you pay one, tap her, and discard a card, and then you get to exile the top card of your library and you play that card. You may play that card this turn. So one of the issues with that ability is that, you know, there's not, again, we're not playing blue. We don't get a really, there's no scrying really in this deck. Um, and so you don't know what you're pulling off the top of your library to, like, it could be a card that costs, like, eight mana, and you've already, you know, tapped, you're already almost tapped out, and then it's like, okay, great, I can only play that card this turn, and then that card fizzles, um, if I don't. And so, one of the cards that, honestly, I, when I, this is a card that, it, it was an upgrade, um, I didn't think this card was going to pull as much weight as it did, and oh my god, this card is so good. It's so it's it's you it's it costs one colorless, and it is an artifact called the Library of Lang. Um, and so uh, this this card's effect is that you get to skip the discard phase of your turn, and more importantly, if a spell or effect forces you to discard. You may discard to the top of your library rather than your graveyard. If the discard is random, you may look at the card before choosing where to discard it. So when Faldorn says, okay, discard a card and then exile the top card of your library, I could, if I have a good card in my hand that I want to play and get a wolf from, I can discard that card and then put it on my library. And then that card is the card that I get to exile. And so it's like, you're no longer, there's no longer that like randomness um, with, and then obviously you're not just like discarding cards and then, you know, hoping for the best and you're discarding cards into your graveyard. And so uh, she, whenever I get the library of laying, I'm like, oh, we're about to start cooking. We're like, we're, <laughs> we are about to start cooking because especially when there are, I mean, 
there's oh man what card is it there is a card that i want to say is what's it called like an adventure um um are those what those cards are called where they're like yeah. part instant sorcery or whatever and then you get to replay them from exile as the creature yeah um oh man i wish i would have pulled this card from my deck i just i want to say it's like tin collies something i don't know anyways uh there are cards like that card that let you it's like the first card you play from exile you get to pay zero rather than paying its mana cost mm. you know so if i have an expensive card in my hand i can be like teehee i'm gonna discard this to the top of my library and then play it for free <laughs> so good and so i think library of laying is the sleeper agent for sure in this <laughs> deck that i didn't think was gonna pull that much weight but there's been so many times i've gotten it and then it helps so much because there's no longer that randomness in mine, like blindly pulling from the top of my library to see what card I have to play this turn. It's nice because you also, it doesn't force you to do it to the top of mm. your library. It says that you may do it. <laughs> and so it's nice so that if you're in that situation where you're like, I don't know, my hand is kind of crap. Um, I need a land and you could just use it for just drawing through your deck um to you know pull from the top and see what you get if you need a land or something like that or if the cards you have you don't really want to play them you want something better i don't have that in my deck but you've oh, fully convinced me already you she's amazing the little i can't tell if it's a little old man or a little old woman um <laughs> either i think it's a dude a little old but he kind of looks like a yeah an old folk <laughs> um with a little with a little robe on um love reading some old ass books so good for one mana too like that yeah that's perfect for this deck yeah it's it i i love that card it definitely i remember when i was like upgrading it you know again at the time i didn't understand mechanics that much and so i was like okay whatever i'll just get it because this whatever i was watching told me to get it so i'll mm. get it and i was like oh my god i'm so happy i actually bought this card right yeah that's when i feel like you probably don't you can't see everything it can do unless you are actually in a game with it out. And then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, this actually helps with a lot of the kind of little issues that this deck can have. Yeah, that's really nice. Would you say, if I were to ask you what the MVP of the deck is, would you say that it's Library of Lang? Or do you have another card you want to shout out? I mean, Library of Lang is up there for sure. But I would have to say... If we're talking cool. about, though, the most synergistic um, card in the deck, I would definitely say it is the demon with big titties himself, Nalfishni. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> he is the ugliest card I've ever laid eyes on, <laughs> but uh, I I have to play him every single time. <laughs> He's, yeah. He's a flying beast demon. He costs six, so he's a little expensive. That is, he's a four six flying. Um, and aside from that, though, the more importantly is whenever you cast a spell from exile, you get to copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. If it's a permanent spell, the copy gains haste, and at the beginning of end step, sacrifice this permanent. So good. And, oh man, when you just have, like... That's this was another card that I I had that kind of made my board state go insane during my um game that I had with that TCG guy. Um because 
I mean, I was cascading everything. I was doing all this different stuff. And, you know, I, I think I cascaded like five times that turn. And then wow. all of it copied. All of those, like, things from Exile triggered a bunch of times from, uh, from like, the card I have, Primeval Bounty, which is another amazing enchantment to put in uh, this deck. Definitely the most synergistic card, I think, because it really just... I mean, obviously it plays on the Exile mechanic, and, you know, you're doubling stuff. Who doesn't like doing that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically, like, it's like, here's everything your deck is already doing. Do you want to do it twice as much? But then also, <laughs> all of your creatures you get out of it get haste. <laughs> yeah, here exactly. Yeah. yeah, here, have have fun. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's definitely a really, really strong like synergistic card for this deck yeah and as far as the the art for nalfish knee goes it's just mm-hmm. i feel like it's a long running D tradition like if you've ever opened a monster manual doesn't matter what it is like you're gonna see titties on a demon <laughs> creature and this just really He's um so ugly. gives He's me so that ugly. nostalgia from that so yeah and i so funny enough i had no idea at least i like i got into D D a little bit more recently and i would mm. i still would not consider myself like um someone who knows a lot about D D by any means um and so i didn't know that nalfishni was from dungeons and dragons i just thought <laughs> it was some ugly ass magic card <laughs> that, that, that they decided to make so um good. But I kind of yeah. there's there's like a place in my heart for it. So no, yeah. me it's it, he's <laughs> he's grown on me mostly just because of how crazy he's gotten my board state. So okay, so when it comes to other cards in the deck, do you have any pet cards that might not be the best, but you just can't resist playing them because you love them? I mean, I would definitely say that this card he it's extra. It's very extra mm. and it costs a lot. <laughs> um, and it's definitely a pet because it's like a pet, but it has five heads. Um, oh. This is Apex Devastator. Yes. Um, <laughs> it costs 10 mana. <laughs> That's a 10 10 um, Hydra with the ability Cascade, 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 Cascade. <laughs> so good. Oh man, I. I, whenever I pull this card, I'm like, I don't care how long it takes me to get the mana to play it. I will play this card. I don't even care if it's the right move to do on a turn. I will play <laughs> this card. I'm so glad. So, so glad you said that because this was the very first card I put into this deck after I got the precon. I played the precon once and I was like, yep, I like it. And I'm getting an Apex Devastator to put in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, good. I I I love Apex Devastator and I think it's just a fu- like like we say, we're saying, you know, Cascade is just such a chaotic mechanic and I just think this is such a chaotic card. Like I've yeah. never I don't know how many cards I've ever read that just have one word repeated four times and that's the yeah. mechanic. So good. <laughs> um and so when I was playing with that TCG guy the other day, uh, the reason I had one of the reasons I had a twenty-minute turn is because I had Nalfishni on the battlefield, and then I played this card. Um, and Ooh. so everything I was playing, I, I ended up ca- and like I of course I somehow got another card that had Cascade on it, and so I cascaded five times, 
and then all everything got copied and it was a mess <laughs> so good you just have so like so many things happening yeah never before have i played apex devastator and not just had so much cool stuff happen i love it so much i love gambling it's such a fun it's such a yeah. fun such a fun pastime <laughs> so good so i i mean my next question was going to be what your favorite in-game moment was while playing this deck, but is is that it? Because that's pretty no, epic. No, okay, it was epic. That was very epic, but it was not, I don't think it is my favorite. Um, okay. Because I feel like, at least with this deck, that's actually, or not that specific situation, but situations similar to have happened quite a few times. But there was, it was during Command Fest Portland, and I was playing with this guy named George who he pops up on like the professor streams a lot. And he's just like a very well-known like member of the Magic the Gathering community. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a creator, um, but definitely a great, a great person to play Magic with. Um, and then, yes, it was Brian and Olivia. They're both lovely. I, you know, it was, so that was my first uh, I mean, like, I went to MagicCon Vegas, but I didn't have, like, a creator badge or anything. I was just there, like, as someone who created Magic content, but nothing official. I was just there to, like, test the waters. Yeah. Um, Command Fest Portland, though, I was a creator with the Birds of Paradise. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go there. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be a creator. But also, uh, when you're a creator in Magic, there is this level of, like, you kind of, like, I make a fool of myself always. There's no getting around it. Um... <laughs> But there's a level of like, you know, especially when I play with other creators, I like have a little bit of imposter syndrome to when it comes when it comes to like how good I am at playing this game. Mm. <laughs> and so I found myself at a commander table with George, Brian and Olivia and was like, oh, God, <laughs> I, I am so not ready, you know, to face against these people, but was so happy to be there. And so I decided to play Faldorn. Uh, we were playing, and I was things were actually going pretty well. You know, I it I can't remember who was winning, but it was just looking like I was definitely not going to win. But then, like, I got a lot of Cascade going. It was kind of like the final. It, it, like you could tell this was like the climax of the Commander match. And you know, I thought I was going to try and win in a way that like I would just do a lot of damage to people but people had a lot of blockers and a lot of creature tokens and that's important key to the story mm. is that everyone had a lot of creatures on the battlefield like per person this is one of those times that I won in a way that I didn't even know was possible with this deck so I would and I didn't even realize I'd won someone had to tell me no you just win <laughs> um, because, so I did all this stuff, I buffed, I used, like, um, end raise forerunners to bust all my, to, like, you know, like, make all my stuff super buff, and I was like, I still don't think this is gonna be enough damage to, like, finish off this game, like, I, I don't think I win, I think, I think maybe I can do damage, and then I'm probably, George is gonna kill me next turn, and so then, so I had a Warstorm Surge on the battlefield, which is an enchantment, on um, the cost six that says whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control it deals damage equal to its power to any target like it was a cool mechanic but you know it's like it was still not doing enough damage to kill anybody um and i'd kind of forgotten that enchantment was even on the battlefield 
And then I was like, screw it. Like, I don't really have anything to do. I'm just going to play this. It's probably not going to. It's probably it's going to do a board wipe, maybe. I'm not going to win. And I played an Azuri's uh, Predation, which costs eight. Ooh. And is a sorcery that says for each creature your opponents control, create a 4-4 four, four green Phyrexian Beast creature token. Each of those tokens fights a different one of those creatures. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll be able to clear some stuff. I still don't think this is going to win, though. And George looked at me and was like, no, you just won the game. He's <laughs> like, what do you mean? He was like, you have a Warstorm Surge out. You just created, like, 34 four green Phyrexian Beast creature <laughs> tokens and did four damage to us like 30 40 times and i was like Amazing. oh that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> i no, i literally it was what I, I it's my favorite moment because i didn't even realize that that combination was like in my deck i didn't know that that was a win con and so so like he had to tell me like no like that's how this you didn't know that that was a thing in your deck? I was like, no, I was just, I thought I was throwing a Hail Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's definitely like my favorite moment because I was so nervous going into that game. And then it's like, I won, but it was funny. I still feel like I made a fool of myself though because someone had to tell me that I won. <laughs> well, that's, um, I feel like that's so, yeah. how you know you're in a gr really good group is if they help you kill them. Like, that's yes. such a green flag for me. And for sure. Yeah, I love to see stuff like that. Yeah, honestly, Commander, it's like a it's a collaborative experience. Like, I'm going to call out your triggers if you miss them. And yeah, if you have a way to kill me immediately, like, I'm going to make sure that you know it's there because that's just yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it's way more fun. It is. And it's like, at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm so interested in different decks and different mechanics and like how people play them because I want to know if that's maybe a deck that I want to try um, right. or a mechanic that I want to try. And so, and at the end of the day, it's like you're playing with friends, you're playing with members of the community that you vibe with. And, you know, I want everyone to have fun and I want to see some cool shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we're here for. I love that. So, okay, I incredible story, and I'm sad that we're already at our last question, but it is, what advice would you give to players out there who are listening to this and like the sound of how Faldorn deck plays and want to build it, just like you, or in some other way, kind of like, what's some advice that you would give to those people? Um, so some advice that I would give is... I would say, I would suggest to do your best to capitalize on her discard a card mechanic if you can, because I don't think it's the main feature of the deck, but like I said with Library of Lang, when it does work, it works. Um, and it takes out, you know, one of the hardest parts about magic is that you're drawing from the top of your deck and there is some, there's chance, you know, there's a lot of unpredictability. But there is, but you do know what you have in your hand. And so if you can capitalize on being able to ex somehow, you know, like with Library of Lang, being able to discard and then exile from the stuff that's in your hand, and you, you'll get triggers. You know, I one kind of card I want to shout out um, is Primeval Bounty, which is an enchantment that costs six. Um, and it says, whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 3-3 three, three green beast creature token. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, 
Uh, put three plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. And whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain three life. I can't ex- tell you how I don't think there's any way that you could build this deck where this card shouldn't be in it. Because so it a spell is any anything, you know, you're doing it's going to reward you for literally doing anything. And so I think for anyone who uh, wants to play this deck, I think that's a really important card. I think the discard mechanic is just a good thing to try and have cards in there to lean on. And when it comes to, I would say, just playing the deck as a whole, definitely prioritize at the beginning of the game. You know, even though it's not it's not as fun to uh, maybe go fishing for land, uh, you you know you should have cards in there that go f- like you know like nature's lore and stuff like that, where you go get a look for a forest card or something like that. Play as much land as possible because. It is important when, you know, obviously cascading, you're playing stuff for free, but sometimes to do those things, you have to pay a lot of mana. Um, And so prioritizing the land at the beginning of the game is very important. Um, Even if it's like, you know, on that one game that I played with that TCG guy, I didn't play anything. There was nothing other than land on my battlefield until like turn four. Or something like that, or turn three, and it can be scary. <laughs> yeah. But some, but I also had like two different spells that were, you know, going fishing for land, and that really helped me out later in the game. And so, and I also think finding a way to, like we had mentioned earlier, come up with some sort of system to organize, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is exiled where. So if you have stuff that is foretold, have a little foretold pile. Um, with anything that said, like, you know, there will be a, there should be a pile for things that you can only cast that turn. And then after your turn is over, put that in a pile, even like behind you, because guess what? Those cards are dead. You cannot go back <laughs> and get them. You forget about them. Throw them in the trash, like, after yeah. it's not your turn. You know, don't look at them. And then have another pile for cards that say there's and the, there's another mechanic that says there are cards that you can play until the end of your next turn, which that one's huge. I love cards like that. Those are great. Um, those are spicy cards because then you get a little planning. And then also um, there are a few cards maybe that say you could you know cast it from exile at any time. Those are a bit more few and far between though. And usually are just the cards that are foretold. So I think, yeah, just finding a way to organize all those things because it can get very confusing. Yeah. Um, I would also, along with that, just like paying. There are some decks that you can turn, like we mentioned, you can turn your brain off to. This is not one of them. You have to not just be paying attention to what you're doing on your turn, but to what everyone else is doing on their turns. Because something they are doing might trigger something on your board state. Like, if you have a Mana Gorge or Hydra in your deck, which you should, because um, <laughs> he's amazing. So good. Um, you have to keep count of every single spell that is cast on anyone's turn, including your own. Because every single time that happens, he gets a counter. And so I think this is a very active deck. If it's something that interests you, that's awesome. Just make sure that you're like turned on and paying attention to what everyone else is doing on their turns so you don't miss something. Um, and then 
don't be someone who has their cards diagonally and sideways and upside down on their board state. You know, have a very clean board state. Otherwise, this deck gets insanely messy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think all of that is incredible advice. And I think it's kind of funny that I have this deck and have been playing it for a couple of years. And I feel like I still learned some things <laughs> that I need to do with it. Um, from you. So thank you so much for coming on and letting me ask you a whole bunch of questions about one of your favorite decks. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. I actually have never really got to have this in-depth of a conversation about one of my commander decks, especially not one of my favorites, to with anyone. And this was awesome. I love that. Isn't it fun? I just think it's so cool, like the things you realize about a deck and the things that, that you want to talk about, like when you are asked questions about it. I feel like, I mean, that's why I do this in the first place, because I think it's so interesting. Well, yeah, I think this was, I I totally agree. It's crazy. Like, I'd, I mean, obviously I was excited to be on here, but I did not think that I would actually have this much to say about a deck <laughs> of magic cards, and I could, like, keep going, you know? Right. <laughs> and so it's it's awesome, and I think that what you're doing is amazing, and I think it's so cool to get people exposed to different people, like how different people play magic and, you know, different decks they play and different colors and mechanics. I think that it's, it's such a cool, such a cool thing. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think so too. And I just get so much out of it. So hopefully others do too. Yeah. And I, I wanted to just circle back to one thing. Um, I didn't ask you about your in-person events. You're going to like Chicago coming up. But I wanted to shout that one out in particular because this will be the last episode of the Fairy Conclave coming out before Chicago, and I will also be there. So, hooray! I, yeah, hooray! So, anyone else, like, please come say hi and let's play some Commander. And also, I don't think I'll be able to fit my Faldorn deck in <laughs> my suitcase. Dang it. I was going to say, we can do Faldorn v. Faldorn. <laughs> I know. And I don't know how good that would be to play against each other. But at the very least, I would love to play against your Faldorn deck um, at some point in Chicago. Well, she will definitely be my, like we said, my, catch me in like the morning to midday because I'll be holding my <laughs> cup of coffee and playing this deck rare and to go. And definitely, if you want to play my elf deck, you can find me late at night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds perfect. I love it. Okay. And is there anything else that you would like to shout out or any like content you want to plug before we wrap things up? Um, yeah. So I think... Uh, my main f uh, forms of content that I like to shout out are definitely YouTube and Twitch. Um, I've definitely been finding my uh, love for Twitch streaming again uh, now that I kind of have more of an idea of the games that I love to play. And so if you like Magic the Gathering and also just like video games, uh, come follow me on Twitch at Melvin Maneater. And if you want to hear my like late night shower thoughts is what I'm going to call it on magic and on tabletop gaming. Uh, my YouTube channel is definitely the place to go. Um, also, if you 
are, and I'm just gonna dabble in this a little bit just to see how people like it. I spend a lot of time working out. I spend a lot of time at the gym. And I know that there are a lot of nerdy uh, gym heads, muscle mommies out there. So <laughs> fitness and nerdy stuff are what you're into. Please uh, go check out my YouTube channel. I'll be posting shorts and YouTube videos on tabletop gaming, video games, and you know, my nerdy workout sessions. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that sounds really fun. I like I like that. <laughs> so okay, perfect. And I'll have links to all those things in the episode description to make it super easy. But yeah, anyway, thank you one last time, Mel, for coming on and being a guest on this episode. I really appreciate it. And of course, thank you so much for having me. Yes, yeah, anytime, honestly. And yeah, as we wrap things up, one last shout out to every patron at the All That Glitters level on my Patreon. And currently, that is one. I have one patron there. So thank you, Jeff, for being a patron. I really appreciate it. And to everyone else out there, thanks so much for listening. And I hope to catch you again next time. Mm